your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this late Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent to you. So we're back here with another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast after the Penguins get their 5-2 win over the New York Rangers, snap that little two-game funk that uh, got out of their five-game winning streak. They are now won six of eight and seven of their last ten. So, you know, I guess the demise of the Penguins has been greatly exaggerated. You know, they're not allowing 15 goals in five periods like they were these last couple of games. The only other Rangers, like I just said, to have two goals tonight and the underlying numbers were pretty good in favor of the Penguins tonight. They, they did what they needed to do, and this time, everyone, they got good goaltending. You know, if you look at the 5v5 numbers from Statrick, the Penguins controlled 56% of the shot attempts in high danger. They only allowed uh, six high danger chances against for the Rangers. Um, overall, at 5v5, the Penguins also only allowed 14 scoring chances for New York at even strength. If you go to all situations then, Penguins had 57% of the Corsi shot attempts. They ha- only allowed... 20 scoring chances total for the Rangers and 10 high danger chances, 4-4 four to four in the third period, 5 high danger chances for the Rangers in the second, and just 1 in the first. The first period was by far the Penguins' best period of the day, especially even if you look at 5v5. Um, I say 8-1 in high danger, um, I think 9-4 to four in scoring chances, 4 scoring chances against. So it got more um, even, I guess, as the game went on, but still, this was a really good performance from Pittsburgh. Um, the expected goals for um, was 1.87 for Pittsburgh, 1.1 for New York, and the expected goals for percentage, 62.8% for the Penguins at 5v5 and 37% for the Rangers at 5v5. So, yes, very good performance from Pittsburgh tonight. The, the underlying numbers backed up the eye test. They just weren't really giving New York anything in the neutral zone or even in the offensive zone. The Rangers were mostly just one and done every time they came in. They had a nice shift, I think, in the third period when they were down a couple goals. Obviously, you know, they were able to tie the game with Colin Blackwell on the power play and then um, had that second goal, which was basically a wide-open net from Kevin Rooney, but that was also a hell of a feed from Adam Fox. He got his point streak extended to 12 games. But, you know, it was a bit weird to see the Rangers come out very flat in this game. But, you know, Nick Zararos, who, of course, was on the podcast yesterday, if you all listen to that, he did say, like, you know, like this is what the Rangers do. You know, they have some really good games, but then they'll just play like they did tonight when they really have nothing, and they're basically just going through the motions. He was texting me during the game, and I noticed this too. They put Pavel Buchnevich down on a line with, like, Nick Howden and Kevin Rooney or Colin Black or something like that, and it's just like, I don't know why David Quinn is galaxy-braining his lineup at times, but Pavel Buchnevich is one of his five to six best forwards, so putting him down there on a line with two anchors um, is definitely just really freaking weird, so, you know, thanks to David Quinn for helping the Penguins win in that regard, and yes, big bounce back for Tristan Jari, only allowing those two goals, this was the Jari that we have seen from the last six to seven weeks, no idea what version of Jari we saw the other night, I guess it was maybe the early 2020-2021 version, um, but this was the Jari that we were very accustomed to seeing on um, these last six to seven weeks, and you know, like I said, they played just as well, I thought, tonight, you know, if you look at the numbers as they did the other night, the only difference tonight, they didn't start out the game playing like shit, and the goaltender actually made the saves when he needed to make the saves, 
So when you, those two things happen, you're able to win a game against a team that you should be able to win against. The Penguins finished their season series 6-2 and two against the New York Rangers and 12-4 and four overall against the Islanders and the Rangers. A remarkable feat considering the talent that both of those two teams have. I still think the Rangers are about a year or two away from playoff contention, but this team is going to be really freaking good, I think, um, as early as next year. I, I would not be surprised if they do make the playoffs next year. But moving on to some other stuff, um, in terms of the goals, great to see Redeem Zahorna. What a goal he had to open the scoring for Pittsburgh. That power move that he pulled, I'm not. I'm trying to remember what Rangers defenseman it was, um, but he just owned him like it was nothing. Just the long reach that he has on his back end, it was allowed him to do that. And then, you know, Shesterkin really had no chance after he pulled it for him. That is his second career NHL goal. And now in four career NHL games, um, Radim Sohorna is a point-per-game player, you know, just like he was in the Czech League and just like he was in Wilkes-Barre before being called up. I think if you look at how he did in the Czech League, I think he had 22 points in 21 games, then got to Wilkes-Barre. I think he had 11 points in 12 games, and then now that he's been called up to, to the Penguins not once but twice, he has four points in four games. So it's almost as if everyone this player is not bad at all. I actually really like his game, his defensive game, I thought, tonight was well. He's such a strong skater for how tall and big he is. I mean, that's the really big thing that jumps out at me was that he's just so freaking fast for such a big body. And I would not mind him as the 13th or 14th forward on this team. I don't think he's going to play in the playoffs unless this team is still so banged up going to the playoffs in about four to five weeks. But, you know, he's obviously a good body to have, and he has a lot of skill. And on that goal, if you watch it back, uh, watch Marcus Pedersen with that pass. He had his head up. He sees Zohorna basically going down um, the right side boards and just finds him. And then, you know, Zohorna does the rest with his long reach in his backhand before going to forehand. But that was the one big thing that I noticed on that goal, you know, it was a really nice pass from Pedersen. That that cross-size pass was just so freaking awesome. Um, Jason Zucker also gets a goal tonight. That was the one that put it away. Nice to see him back on the score sheet again. He's been playing well, I thought, since coming back. You know, I've seen some people on Penguins Twitter kind of say, like, well, you know, Jason Zucker hasn't been really good. You know, what is he doing? You know, like, they should just trade him. They, they gave up too much to get him. It's like, I completely disagree with that. He doesn't have his center playing with him or his other winger. And he's still he still has two goals in his last what, three games now? It, or two goals, maybe not three. Two goals in, the la- in his last four games now, excuse me. So yeah, he's going to be fine. The people that say he needs to be traded or whatever other nonsense that's being spewed on in Penguins Twitter, just stop. You know, I've really liked his fit, especially with Evan Rodriguez. And what a player Rodriguez has turned out to be these last few weeks. I've really liked his playmaking ability. Ha- obviously had that power play goal tonight, which made it 3-1, to one, which really just put the damper in the hopes of the Rangers for coming back. Um, got to a goal-scoring area right in front of the net and put it past Shesterkin. And that was a pretty sweet feed uh, from Zohorna. So he had two points on the night. And the Penguins did get a power play goal this time from their second unit. So nice to see that happen. But overall, just from Rodriguez, I've really liked his game. And when he's played this year outside the top six, he's good. Like, I think that's the word to describe. And he only makes, what, 700K for this year? and you're getting that kind of production and that kind of playmaking out of them, that's perfectly fine. I mean, if you want to do a Zucker, McCann, Rodriguez third line and figure out a winger for Evgeny Malkin or something via trade or put someone else up there, I'd totally be fine with it. I mean, I also understand that they may put Malk, McCann, Malkin, Kapanen, but, I mean, Zucker and Rodriguez, you know, those two especially have worked really well as well. I mean, Zucker, McCann... To honestly, just that line I really liked these last few games. They just seemed to really click while playing with each other. 
And I honestly do think Rodriguez is like a perfect depth player for this team with how fast he is, how good he is with the puck, his playmaking ability, and his defensive responsibilities in his own zone have been very good, I think, for these last few weeks. You know, I've seen some people even say he should be elevated up to the top line with Crosby. I wouldn't touch the Genso Crosby Russ line. I would just leave that alone. Or, you know, when Malkin or Kapanen come back, you know, I would just leave him in the bottom six. That's where he has been at his best this year, and I would keep him there as his play continues to get better and better as the season goes on. Crystal Tang also scored tonight. That was nice to see. I think that was his 7th, 8th goal in the season. I think he now has 31 points in 39 games. I think he had to miss a game um, due to an injury or something like that. So he's almost at a point-per-game pace for this year. It was nice to see kind of the Penguins get a, a nice little lucky bounce, I think, on that goal because I think it went off a Rangers uh, defenseman skate or just a, something like that. So, you know, the Penguins haven't gotten a lot of puck luck with some goals this year, but it was nice to see them get puck luck on that one. And then, you know, March Jankowski gets the empty netter. Pretty sure half of his goals are empty netters. I think of his four goals this year, um, two actually are. I think, you know, the, the, obviously the other one he scored at the beginning of the season, then he had a deflection goal against Boston um, on Saturday. So, you know, two goals in the last three games from March Jankowski. So, you know, let's do a little bit of a golf clap here for him as, you know, he's actually putting the puck in the back of the net just a little bit more, but you know, still good to see him um, get another goal, even though it was an empty net goal. Sam Lafferty, I mean, I don't really know what to say about him. Had that fight, you know, made Holidaysburg, Pennsylvania proud there, but other than that, his skating is good. But I'm just ready for him to be out of the lineup already. I just, I can't watch Sam Lafferty play on this team anymore. But still, a lot more to get to when it comes to this game and other stuff around the league in the next segment or the next two segments, actually. But before we do that, it is time to talk about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. You can get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is Bet Online, your online sports experts with the promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. There really was not much else to talk about, I guess, when it comes to this game. Just because I thought it was a dull game overall because the Rangers really weren't doing anything in the offensive zone. They were just really flat for some reason. And especially in a must-win game, I mean, the Rangers need points if they want to somehow make a run at this. I know they really only have 16, 17 games left. I mean, you got to get points in virtually every game here um, if you want to have any shot at making the playoffs. But I mean, that's basically all but gone now. I mean, the, I think the odds are like 10%. And the same with the Flyers. Um, they are 10 points behind the Penguins, six points out of the playoff spot, and they need po- all the points they can get. They had one tonight, but they couldn't get the extra one as they lost in a shootout to the Islanders. And, you know, um, before I do make it back to some stuff about the game, it is interesting. If you look around the league, a lot of the divisions are pretty locked up with a month to go when it comes to playoffs. You know, you look at the East one, um, Washington's going to get in, the Islanders going to get in, Pittsburgh's going to get in, bearing some unforeseen collapse. And it looks like the Bruins will as well, because like I said, the Flyers are six points back, and they only have 16 games left. Or actually, no, 16. Excuse me. They only have 17 games left, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. I mean, and the Bruins, they have 19 games left. So they have six six points up on them, and they have two games in hand. So, 
Um, the Flyers are really up a creek going into those last 17 games. If you look at the Rangers, too, they're seven points back, and the Bruins still have two games in hand on them as well. Boston also has three games in hand on all three of Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders, and I think they'll have four games in hand on Pittsburgh after tomorrow as the Penguins will get the Devils um, at the Rock they call the Prudential Center. I'm actually going to preview that game a little bit in the third segment here. But yeah, it is definitely a bit weird. I think we're basically just looking to see what's going to happen with seeding. I mean, for all we know, the Bruins could overtake the Penguins. I mean, they've won six of their last ten games. I know the Penguins have won seven of the last ten. But Pittsburgh still has, you know, two more games left against Boston. Both of those games are in Pittsburgh, where the Penguins usually have played Boston pretty well. I know uh, Pittsburgh is two and three and one against the Bruins this year. Um, that's a team that they've really struggled against. But, you know, at home, usually they play them a lot better. So we'll see if the Penguins can get. Um, a, a total split against them overall, basically 4-4. Four and four. And, of course, the Penguins still have two more games left against Washington. You know, if you look at the Central Division, it's the same thing there. The top three teams of Carolina, Tampa Bay, and Florida are going to get in. And then it's a battle for the fourth seed. I think you're going to see Nashville get in and probably get curb stomped by the top seed. But, you know, it's, it's what a turnaround it has been for Nashville. You look at the North Division, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, to the uh, Canucks and everyone surrounding that organization, the players, what they're going through right now. It's just... It's not right, and you know they. I think half their team tested positive. I think they want to be back in action sometime uh, late next week, but even that might be unrealistic with how it has just really ravaged their team this year. I mean that that's even worse than what happened with Buffalo with their COVID situation. And I don't know even know if Vancouver is going to be able to finish their season. But I think you know besides that, you look at the four teams there: Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. Those four teams are probably going to get in. Then at the West, you know you have. Um, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, and I think you're probably going to see Arizona get in. And you know, Jordan Bennington had that quote yesterday of, "Oh yeah, you know, you know, we're coming or whatever." I mean, they're they're still a bit of ways back. You know, the Blues have really struggled this year, and you know, Doug Armstrong is going to be a bit of a wild card at the deadline. He's always been like that, but you know, it is pretty weird with a month to go to see a lot of these divisions almost locked up in terms of playoffs. Usually, you see a lot of tight races down the stretch, but I don't know if we're going to get that this year. Um, peeps, I, I really don't, especially in the East Division. Like I said, Pittsburgh has a 10-point cushion on the Flyers, 11-point cushion on the Rangers, and they have a 4-point cushion on the Bruins. I mean, just for third place. But overall, I mean, they're not going to squander a 10-point, 11-point cushion with 16 games left. I mean, that would just have to be a collapse like, like the Mets have basically done. So, yes, this team, 99.9% um, .9 chance that they will be in the playoffs for the 16th straight year, a franchise record i believe for the penguins and getting close i think to the overall nhl record where the red wings had that up until i think 2015 16 i think it was like 22 23 years something like that we'll see if the penguins can get up to there as the sit and gino era comes to an end but um going back a little bit to the game i am so sorry for getting a little bit off track there but some other performances that i thought stood out cody cc again rock solid especially in his defensive zone i thought this was also a much better performance from marcus Pedersen. i think he played a uh, almost like a mini power move i think in the third period when it was still a two three goal lead for pittsburgh I, i'm not sure who was coming in i think it might have been hedel or might have been lafreniere or something like that but he used his long reach very effectively to basically not allow um him to get anything on that puck so you had that awesome play and I already touched on his um, part with the Zohorna goal with that awesome stretch pass to get the puck on his stick so like I said a much better performance from him overall Brian Dumoulin again was solid Mike Matheson I thought was fine had a breakaway I think um, in the 
I want to say early in the third period. Um, but you know, I guess Penguins, Penguin shooters, for some reason, they never want to dig on a goalie. They just, they come in, stop almost around 10, 15 feet and they just shoot the puck. And it's like, when was the last time we've seen a Penguin player? I think, um, Jason J underscore a one fifty five tweeted this out. Um, well before everyone, you know, and I'm asking the same question as well. When was the last time we saw a Penguin player actually dig on a breakaway? Because it hardly happens now. I mean, is it Nam? Is it like well before name or something like that i have no idea but it is kind of frustrating to see um just all the penguin players come in whenever they have a breakaway and just either shoot hit the crossbar with it or it's just a save i obviously i know what matheson was trying to do there he would try to go five hole shesterkin um made a nice save but it's like buddy like the, when you have the puck on your stick you're one of the more dangerous defensemen on the team just make a move you're already a forward already so i mean and everyone everyone's jaw would have dropped if you would have take the goalie there anyway and just you know continue the campaign push to have him be as a forward full-time so you know i just wish more penguin players i guess deked on a breakaway overall I guess is my point. You know, going back to Jari a little bit, I, I liked his game overall, but him coming out of the net tonight was a bit scary. I think the Rangers missed a wide open net in the second period. I think it was um, Rooney coming down, or it might have been Heedle, someone like that. And he just, the net was just wide open, and he missed it like 10 feet wide or something, and Jari wasn't even close to being in the net. It was just like, okay, you know, the game could have been a lot different if that goal is scored there. And a couple other points, you know, just makes basically looking like Marc-Andre Fleury from 2014 against the Blue Jackets. Really don't know why he just kept coming out of his net. It, like I said, it just, it, it brought me flashbacks from seven years ago just to seeing Fleury do that in 2014. Or honestly, overall, just because Fleury was so bad at playing the puck out of his own net every time he did throughout his Penguins tenure. So, um, usually Jari has been pretty good at coming out and playing the puck from his net, but tonight, definitely not good, that's for sure. Um, a couple other stuff, you also, of course, saw the Crosby sucks chant in New York. You didn't see it, you heard it, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. They usually leave that to Philadelphia. Kind of weird that they did that. I mean, though it has been the last couple weird games for Crosby overall. I thought in the last game um, on on Tuesday, excuse me, made a couple really bad passes. Of course, the the, the, the one that led to the Rangers' second goal, and then tonight um, looks like he stripped a little bit by Shesterkin, um, and then basically just retaliates just because he didn't get the call, and then goes to the box only like forty five seconds into the power play. It's like, say, don't be selfish there. But honestly, just his timing, his precision has not been up to par these last couple of games. It's going to rebound. It's Sidney Crosby. But, you know, I will call it how I see it. These last couple of games have not been um, Crosby's greatest, that's for sure, just because I don't think he's seen the ice as well as he has been um, in his previous games. But, you know, like I said, that's probably going to go back to normal um, tomorrow night just because, you know, that's just uh, that's how it is now, everyone, because every time I say something, it's just basically like an old takes exposed. Um, Freddie Goudreau took 12 face-offs tonight, won 11 in, out of 12. Again, you know, he's just making his case to stay in the lineup even when the playoffs come around. I honestly would not even mind if they don't make a move and Freddie Goudreau is your 12th floor when everyone is healthy, when, you know, Malkin, Kapanen, and uh, Tanev and Bluger come back. I, I think he's definitely played his way into a permanent roster spot, especially with how he played um, against the Penguins in 2017 with Nashville, three goals in, in the six games in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I just really liked his game overall tonight. Again, it's just he just keeps getting better and better each game that he plays. So, you know, we're all aboard the Freddy bus right now, that's for sure. And yes, everyone, the Latang cult never dies. The hashtag on Twitter, get that trending, actually. Every time he scores a goal, every time he does something good, 
Hashtag Latang Cult never dies to rub it in the face of Penguins Chronicles, which is one of the worst accounts from Penguins Twitter. But that would do it for basically talking about this game. Coming up in the next segment, excuse me, we're going to just do a little bit of a preview of the Devils game. Uh, but before we do that, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto bar customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog on the site is unique and very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always right below and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts cover ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I'll only probably keep you all here for just a few more minutes. But big game for the Penguins tomorrow night. Well, tonight, tomorrow night, whenever you're all listening to this, if it's Thursday night or Friday morning, Friday afternoon, uh, they will play the New Jersey Devils at the Rock they call the Prudential Center. So the Penguins literally just have to take a bus across the Hudson River and get into Newark, which, you know, I don't really care for Newark as a city. I think, honestly think it's kind of a dump. But Prudential Center, from what I've seen, is uh, a nice arena, excuse me. Um, but, you know, this is a Devils team that the Penguins have struggled against the last couple of seasons. Pittsburgh thus far this year is 1-1-1 one one one, or in you know, other just regular terms, they are 1-2. They have points in two of the three games, three points in out of six. Um, but they should be able to win that game and honestly win the game on Sunday. This is a Devils team that has already traded two of their better players. Travis Zajac and Kyle Palmieri went to the New York Islanders in exchange for a first-round pick and a bunch of AHL players and a conditional fourth-round pick. Tom Fitzgerald had that hilarious, ridiculous, weird quote saying, you know, I hope it's the 32nd pick. You know, those guys deserve to win a cup. And it's like, okay, Tom, you know, I guess you went to the Jim Rutherford School of um, Asset Acquisition because you should not be hoping for um, the most late first-round pick. You should be hoping for the highest first-round pick, especially when your team is going through a rebuild like they have been for almost virtually since 2012. They've literally had one playoff appearance uh, since they went to the Stanley Cup Final and got trounced by the Kings that year um, in the last eight to nine years. So I really don't understand why Tom Fitzgerald had to say that. You know, I, I get loyalty is great. I get he loves those two players, and they've been devils for a while. But, you know, you shouldn't hope for a later pick in that kind of deal. You try, you should try to get as much as you can. But, you know, that's the old boys club for you all in the NHL. But, you know, overall, they still have Jack Hughes, who I think is enjoying a better year than his rookie year. He's still not all the way there yet, but I could totally see him having like almost like a mini McKinnon year next year where he's averaging a point per game. Um, and really comes into his own. Miles Wood is still a good player. I think Nico Heashier is back from injury. The Penguins did not see him in those previous two matchups. He, he is he is a damn good uh, defensive player, especially. Just an all-around good 200-foot player, and I think he's really starting to come into his own as well. Obviously, still P.K. Subban. I think he has a goal this year against Pittsburgh, and I'm not really sure if Mackenzie Blackwood is going to go tomorrow or if it's Scott Wedgwood. I have to take a look, but I think the Devils did win tonight against the Sabres. I think the score was 6-3, to three. so both these teams will be on back-to-backs for tomorrow night's game, and if I just look at their line combinations um, overall, Jack Hughes is centering their top line with Saren Govich. I can't even pronounce this guy's name. Kukunen, I think that's who it is. I have no idea who he is. Miles Wood with Pavel Zaka and Jesper Brad on the second line. Um, Thompson with McLeod and Maltsev on the third line, and then 
uh, Johnson, Bilquist, and Merkley on the fourth line. Merkley is actually not bad, but you know this team is just they're not good defensively. Ryan Murray, who is going to um, garner I think a lot of trade interest leading up to the deadline. I can definitely see um, a contending team um, going after him as he's he's a good, steady top four bottom pairing player. Um, when he's in the lineup, obviously the health is the big concern with him. But this is still a good player. I don't think he's a top pairing defender like he's getting um, put out there right now with New Jersey. But you know, putting him on your second, third pairing, that's great. Damon Severson is still good. PK Subban is not what he used to be. They have Kulikov, Sammy Valentin. That's another interesting name that I could see the Devils moving. And then Ty Smith, um, he is a player. You know, he's going to be a, a good on that team for a while. Um, New Jersey, I don't think they're as bad as their record indicates. Um, but I also don't think that they're like the sleeper team that you know people were saying that they were when they beat the Penguins um, two out of three times just a couple weeks ago. Um, I know I was saying that they weren't as bad as the record indicates, but you know I also looked at those games and you know that third game especially the Penguins had nothing left just because they played five uh, games in seven nights. So I mean I know they're going to be finishing off a stretch here where they played three games in four nights and then I think four games in six nights. But overall, you know they they should be able to win these two games. It would be big for them, especially with the Islanders and the Capitals still garnering points almost every single night. But standing wise, the Penguins are two points behind Washington for second place, four points behind the Islanders after they beat the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. But yeah, like I said, Jack Hughes is the one you want to watch out for. Saren Govich is not bad. Pavel Zaka is a good player. Jesper Brat, Miles Wood, um, of course, defensively, like I said, Severson, Ryan Murray. Um, and Ty Smith, you know, he is probably one of the more underrated players, not just on the Devils, but I think in the league as well. And we'll see if Mackenzie Blackwood starts tomorrow. I think actually Aaron Dell might be their backup. So one of the goal, one of those goalies start, but for Pittsburgh, um, it will 99% be Casey Smith. Actually, I'm going to go say 100% chance that it will be Casey the Smith. You know, Mike Sullivan usually doesn't go Tristan Jari two nights in a row. And especially with how Jari played, um, on Thursday night against the Rangers, you know, he's going to give him the night off and put Casey the Smith back there to maybe have him redeem himself a bit just because his last few outings have also not been particularly kind. But that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. As always, I appreciate everyone listening to an episode, whether it's your first one or it's your 258th or however many episodes I've done. I'll have another episode tomorrow night recapping the Penguins game against New Jersey. And then for Monday, uh, I'll have a Locked On Now video if they make a trade, and then I'll have an episode on Monday overall um, just going more in-depth about a trade if they make one and then recapping Sunday's game against New Jersey before the team has a few off days, I think. They don't play again until Thursday after Sunday, and that game will be against the Philadelphia Flyers. But like I said, that will do it for this one. Um, thank you all so much for listening, and I'll talk to you all Friday evening.